Hey, hi, hello, it's your Academy Age Storyteller, Will, here, and I hope you've forgiven me. I hope that we can move past this, and I hope that it doesn't leave a lasting impact on the deep, close, personal friendship that we have formed over the 22 episodes of this podcast. Am I a monster? Maybe. But do I feel bad about it? No. And you know what else I don't feel bad about? Raising money for the First Nations Development Institute, which we are still doing over at twitch.tv slash live from the apocalypse many times a week. This episode is going to be a little bit different from most episodes of Academy Age. There is a mechanic in the system that we use, masks, where at the end of every session, the players have to answer a question. And they have to decide whether or not they have grown closer to the team, grown away from the team, or grown into an image of themselves. Up until this point, we had just been answering those questions off the air, but then we had the idea that this could be a really interesting format to explore that. And so that's what this episode is. This is the first of what we have dubbed the H Sessions. And through this format, we are hoping to more narratively answer those questions at the end of major events and impacts in our story. So with all that being said, here's the first installment of the H Sessions. It has been two weeks since the events that took place at Delancey College, and those two weeks have not been easy on anyone. Despite the fact that the city was saved from a catastrophe that had the strong potential to destroy everything, the events that took place have not been without scars left behind, both physical and emotional. Where we begin is Ellis Tower, the residential hall for students of the Brandt Academy, as well as the location of some of the administrative offices of staff and faculty, and in particular, the office of one Clara Perkins. We see a closed office door with a plaque set into it that reads, Clara Perkins, counselor. Inside of that room, there's a desk, a high-backed chair behind that desk, plenty of books and unfinished paperwork spread across the top of it, a laptop that is closed currently, probably a travel coffee mug, half-drunk. There are two chairs opposite the desk. These are lower-backed but still comfortable. One of them has been turned around, and Clara is seated in it. She has a notepad in her lap, a pen held sort of loosely in her hand where she is fidgeting with it. She's dressed very professionally. Her shoulder-length blonde hair is kind of swept to one side. We can see that the notepad itself, at least the current page, is blank. And seated across from her on a couch that takes up most of the room, we see Alex Sandowski, a.k.a. Victory. I was literally about to be like, who's in the hot seat? 
Alphabetical order, Brendan. It's always you. (laughs) Even for therapy? Even for therapy. Especially for therapy. (laughs) (laughs) You named the boy. You did this to you. It's true. I mean, actually, yeah, both both player and character alphabetical order. Brendan goes first. It's true. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I'm so relieved. There's a long moment of silence before Claire speaks. Says, "If you don't want to talk about it, Alex, that's that's fine, and it's okay if you're still processing it. If you're not ready to to talk about it, but." Someone died in your arms. And that's, there's no blame or accusation there. It wasn't your fault. But I don't believe that it didn't leave an impact. I just want to make sure you're okay. That's my job. I, I just... It's not that I don't want to talk about it. It's just that I don't, I don't, I don't even know what I, what I would say about it. What do you even say about something like that? You say it wasn't my fault. And, uh, I don't know, like half the time I even believe that. About half the time that I see it you know over and over again whether you know it's when I'm asleep or if it's just you know when it just kind of repeats in my head just thinking about it from all the angles about all the ways that I could have gone down and uh yeah but half the time I've, I've convinced myself that there was nothing I could have done there wasn't my fault, really. I'm not the one who pulled the trigger. I'm not the one who pulled the trigger, no. And I'm not the one who put them there. But I am the one who didn't stop it in time. And that's the other half of it. That's the other half of the time. I'm thinking about it. Whether I'm having a dream about it where right, where I fly away. I manage to magically pull them apart. I set us down and everyone's okay. Like, I feel that, that weight they lift off of me. I feel weightless, you know, in a way that I don't, even when I'm still feels fucking weird to say flying. But then I wake up and I remember and I remind myself that no, that isn't how it went. And I, I was so close. I know I could have done it. I felt I had the power. Suddenly, suddenly, I had the power to do it. 
power I never had before. I had the power to do it. I know. I know that I could have done it. But I didn't. Did I? I understand that a lot has changed for you since that night. You flew. There are other things that you've discovered you can do. Yeah, I, uh... (laughs) Roommates have made me start, uh, storing my food in a zone cabinet just because, uh, I have a bad habit of thinking about wanting something from the kitchen and it just flies out of the cupboard taking the door off with it still working on you know getting that figured out been waking up on the ceiling uh, a lot lately and there's, there's you know there, there is there's the eye stuff yeah there is the eye stuff I went on the goggles a lot more now uh, you know I always thought it was a little weird that uh that the doc had me wear them, you know, something about like the super sense is being like too much for me to process. I never really had a problem with that. Now I get it. Didn't used to have to sleep in these, but I do now. She looks down at the notepad in her lap, flips through a few pages, says, and the um, super speed, how's that? Uh, you know, that's probably been the easiest. I think just, I don't know. I was already getting there. I think it's just a matter of, I don't know. I guess that, 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 that weirdly enough is kind of the, the, the easiest thing to, to deal with. I just kind of, it's, it feels like sort of everything gelling, you know, like the suit, like the super strength, the, 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 the telekinesis, the super senses that feels right in a way. So I guess that's something. I really wish that I could talk to somebody about these I I cannot believe I'm saying it like this, but about these changes. But unfortunately, the person who I could talk to about this, I don't know if I can trust have you spoken to them recently I think that would be probably our first cutaway flash out of the office back a few days I imagine sometime within that two week time span would this have happened directly after the incident or no I think probably at least a few days after So in the bunker, deep within the subway catacombs of province, you are standing across from a stronger and more vital-looking Dr. Charles McManus Jr. than the one that you are used to seeing. In fact, this Charles McManus Jr. had uh, fairly recently admitted to you that he was not the one that you were used to. That he was from a different Earth, a different world, maybe even a different dimension. Mid-conversation, uh, we will 
rejoin where he is, I imagine, trying to console Alex and trying to calm him down at least and and say, Alex, your powers had just fully developed. You weren't ready. You can't blame yourself. I... You, you know, I want to say that you kept, you keep saying that, but it wasn't even you, was it? My Dr. M kept saying that. You, I have to assume, would have said that. But I, who's, who's to say when I was going to be ready? This, this, this shit shouldn't have even worked at all, according to my Dr. M. I, according to my Dr. M, the victory method shouldn't work for anyone else but it worked for me so why who's to say that that wasn't the moment that the moment that I needed those powers the most wasn't the moment that I manifested them because it, it was the victory method came through I didn't you saved that boy's life. I saved one life. Alex, sometimes... Sometimes one is all we get. Sometimes you can't save everyone. Sometimes, yeah. This didn't feel like it should have been one of those times. I was prepared do what I had to do. I was prepared to sacrifice myself if it meant saving people from what was going to happen. But I wasn't prepared to sacrifice one of them. You know, Alex, where I come from, it's just me. There aren't any other heroes. There's only Dr. Victory. And I never thought that I would meet anyone else who could do the things that that I do just because on this earth there are more heroes. It doesn't mean that you're expendable. It doesn't mean that dying, sacrificing yourself, is heroic. Sometimes making the tough choice is heroic. If it's what's needed. Sometimes pulling the trigger is heroic. Or choosing who you have to save. It's not perfect. Sometimes you have to. If I... If I decide that my life is worth more than theirs, or the one life is worth more than another, where does that stop, Doc? I'm not not saying that it's like I'm never going to 
I know you can't save everybody, but I made my choice. And someone took that choice away from me. So who are you really mad at, Alex? Fucking everyone, Doc. I'm mad at myself for not... It's like I told you, I had the power. I had all the power that I needed. And I couldn't do it. Not quick enough, not fast enough. I'm mad at fucking Walters. Fucking candy shell. Fucking gun. Mad at Kaz for but going behind my back again. I'm mad at 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 you. I'm mad at you for lying to me. I'm mad at you for not being able for not being the person who could give me the information I needed. Information that maybe, maybe could have those frat guys they obviously got their powers from Lotus Group if I knew more about them if I had the information that was in that fucking database somewhere or inside your head Dr. M's head maybe I could have diffused this sooner maybe it wouldn't escalated to where the twins went fucking nuclear I'm just mad, Doc. Everyone keeps telling me not to be mad at myself. But that's... I just want to be mad, okay? We'll jump back to your therapy session as Clara asks... Have you talked to them about any of this? And I think we'll probably cut away again. I think the big question for... Setting the scene. Has Victory cleaned the blood off of his face? Yeah, Alex is like, like in the immediate aftermath is basically catatonic. Well, where are we doing this? At like, at like at the suite? I think at the suite, because my, my image in my head is like, you get back to the suite. Kaz hasn't been able to get you to talk or anything, and then Bethel shows up. Bethel catches up with you all. I think Bethel walks in to I don't know what Kaz is doing, but Alex is just still in uniform sitting in a chair with blood splatter on his chest and face. So I think I think when how this goes is she opens up the door and she's kind of a little bit a little bit exhausted because it's late and a little bit frustrated because she didn't find nearly as much as she was hoping to find in ways of like anything that in her mind would either help prove that the Lotus group was involved with Trasher and Trashley, which or uh, really anything about like their grand plan beyond what literally seems like petty tit for tat revenge. She opens the door kind of like, well, I hope that went better for... And then she stops because nobody gave her a Mayday or an SOS text. So she just stops half in, half out. And looks at her one bloody, 
squad member and I imagine Kaz is just kind of hovering and she's like, I think Kaz is actually coming out of the kitchen, like having tried to get Alex a glass of water, but like his hands are shaking so badly that water is just splashing everywhere. And I think her her immediate response, just kind of hovering in the door, is just, whose blood is that? It's, it's, it's Trashley's. Alex, what happened? I I haven't been able to get him to say anything since since it happened. What you say it? What is it? What happened? It's it's a really long story, but remember that whole thing about how if Trasher and Trashley were close together, they could start going nuclear, like they could go off like a bomb. That started to happen. And Alex was trying to stop it. Trying to stop it? How did he? What did he he do? He he flew. The cupboard suddenly bursts open and a large container of cheesy poofs floats through the air, settles into Alex's lap, which he then begins eating with no change in expression. So I guess that's something new. Um, so he was flying. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then Walters shot Trashley. Walters, what is, why was Walters there? Wait, why was, why did they start to go nuclear anyway? What happened? Why didn't anyone tell me something was happening? Because a lot was going on. And Walters, Walters was there because I called him. Because, because he said he owed me a favor. And this favor was... It's just supposed to be there as backup. That was it, because because you had pointed out earlier that it wasn't good, that it was just the two of us going in there, that, you know, we were down two members of the squad, and I just thought... We weren't down two members of the squad. We were down one member of the squad. I could have been redirected. You could have told me if you weren't confident. I didn't find shit. I could have been there. I didn't know he would do this, Bethel. I mean, he made it clear to me when I talked with him that he hadn't had any live rounds in the gun when he had it pointed at me. So why would I think that he would be there and take a shot at Trashley or Trasher? He's government, Cass. He's so... Walking textbook, shoot first, ask questions later. But he, I mean, he didn't. Like, shit was going down. A whole lot of shit went down, and he didn't intervene. Wasn't like he came in there guns blazing. It was only when, it was only when it looked like, 
only when it looked like a lot of people were going to die. Alex included. At this point, uh, Alex has finished eating the entire plastic jar of uh, cheese poofs, licks his fingers. It hovers briefly in the air before being crumpled by an unseen force. I could have saved them. don't know that, Alex. Yes, I do. I know. I know. I could have done it. Kaz, what the fuck? It seemed like a good idea at the time. I'm gonna go take a shower. And then I'm gonna go to bed. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Alex will go. He leaves the door to his room open. He leaves the door to the bathroom open. You hear the shower start. You're pretty sure that he just stepped into the shower in full costume. Lyra's gonna wait a couple of seconds, listens to that. She's gonna turn to Kaz, and she's gonna say, Maybe what Walters did saved lives, and maybe it was a good thing he was there. There's no reason why you had to blindside us like that. When did you even have time to set that up? And when, in between setting it up and leaving this room, did you not find time to tell us? Because, Kaz, we can't keep doing this. I didn't... I didn't expect any of this to happen. A lot was going on. You expected something to happen. I expected you expe- to ha- You called him because you expected something. I want to cut away real quick to Clara Perkins' office. So we do sort of a 180 around the room, and it's Kaz sitting on the couch. She still has that notepad open in her lap. She's looking at you, Kaz, and she says, So what did you think would happen? And so I think Kaz is sitting there giving, like, giving the energy of every teenager who is forced to attend a therapy session. And while he is sitting on the couch cross-legged, his body is, like, angled away from Clara. He has his arms crossed, like, he is not looking at her. He has been talking, uh, sometimes more grudgingly than others. And in this case... He's quiet for a few moments and says, Honestly, I just thought we'd have backup if shit went down. That was it. I didn't expect him to show up with guns blazing. I didn't expect anything like that. I mean, I guess it sounds really fucking stupid, but I thought it would just be like having another member of the squad, just someone who had a lot more training and experience. But I guess I didn't expect any of what happened that night to happen. What did he say? We'll cut away from the office and to the lawn outside of the tri-pie, the pie-pie-pie frat house on the Delancey College campus which is in a rough state at this point. Walls have been blown out. The ceiling is kind of missing. There are sirens that can be heard, and already a few cop cars and emergency vehicles that have 
stopped that are parked on the street outside of the house, what remains of it anyway. There are a couple of paramedics that are sort of examining Alex to the best of their ability, but he is pretty non-responsive. When Kaz, you see standing over in the shadow of a tree, a tall, fairly muscular adult man in a green military jacket, and then just like jeans and a gray t-shirt underneath that. And I think Kaz kind of seeing that there's really nothing he can be doing for Alex in that moment, and also seeing that he has the opportunity to speak to Walters after what happened, goes over and in a tone that is more on the side of shock than anger, just goes, what the fuck, Walters? I'm sorry, kid. I made a call. Why? Because a lot of people were going to die. Your friend was going to die trying to save those people. I saw him. I saw him up there. He was... He was... He was trying. Yeah. He was. And maybe he would have made it. Maybe he would have gotten far enough away that nobody would have been hurt in the blast. Hell, maybe he would have survived. But maybe he would have died. Maybe a lot of other people would have died, too. He reaches out and he puts a hand on your shoulder, if you let him. Which Kaz does. <laughs> Look, kid. I didn't want to. I didn't come here to to kill anyone. Didn't even think I was going to be using live rounds. But I didn't want... I didn't want you to have to live with yourself. Watching that many people die. Now I just have to live with myself. That I caused one person to die. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna hear, uh... You're gonna hear a lot of people tell you that that doesn't make it any easier. It's not easier to live with one death on your conscience than a hundred. And that's bullshit. You can take it from somebody who knows. It's a lot easier to have one death on your conscience. Sorry I put you in that position to have to take another life. It wasn't what I expected when I called in that favor. Yeah, and... I know. I'm sorry. Sorry I wasn't what you expected either. I'm gonna... I'm gonna catch the first flight back home. I'm sorry. I don't... I don't blame you for this. Like you said, you did what you had to do. He starts to walk away and he stops. And he turns part of the way back and says, No, you... You should. You should blame me. 
that's that's human nature. You're gonna blame somebody. And I know it's gonna be real tempting to blame yourself. But I I pulled the trigger. You understand? He's gonna take a step towards you and poke you in the chest and he's gonna say I killed that girl. Do you understand? And Kaz is silent for a long moment and then just nods and says yeah I understand. So long kid. When your friend gets better and he's pissed tell him he knows where to find me. He's going to need somebody to blame too. We'll cut back to cut back to Claire's office. She says Do you disagree with any of that? I mean, you can't argue with facts. It was his finger on the trigger. He made the choice to use live rounds. And I made the choice to call him. Rather than any other option I could have taken. So what happened next? We'll cut back to the suite. Lyra, I believe you were saying something. Stop. Stop. This isn't... I don't... The thing I don't understand, Kaz, and I, I really, I really want to, because I, I am not an unpragmatic person. I understand the appeal of having someone there because you think something might go down. But when you can't even articulate what that could go down is, then you're just making more variables for everyone else who's involved. And everyone who's involved should know. And that's the problem. Because you were the only one who knew. I don't. I don't fucking know what the fuck happened. I don't know if if Alex could have done it. I don't know if I could have made any kind of a difference. I don't know if what Walters did was the right answer. I don't know. And we don't get to know because you you keep things from us. You're right. I do. And you know what? I'm pretty sure that I'm a liability to this squad. So if you really want the answer as to why I didn't tell anyone what had me so distracted that I wasn't able to inform you and Alex about what was happening, I don't know. Maybe it was the whole thing where Trashley told me that she knew me from her universe. You could have told us that too, Kaz. You volunteered for this role, and we backed you. You were told something that freaked you out that you think could have influenced your behavior on a mission? Maybe you should have spoken up about it then. Maybe I should have, Bethel, but how exactly do you tell the rest of your squad that apparently you're some sort of genocidal supervillain in another world that is 
so evil, the person who knew you there can't imagine a universe where you are a good person. How the fuck do you say something like that? You know, Kaz, it sounds like you said it just fine just now. I'm going to walk away. The tapping of the pen on the legal pad has stopped. She leans forward in her chair. Well, that clearly left an impression. Yeah, no shit. She could have been lying. I don't think she was. What makes you say that? You sound really sure. Did she tell you something about yourself that no one else could know? She said she was the one who convinced Trasher that I was actually a bad guy. And I don't see why she would have done that if this were a lie. Like, why why put herself and Trasher in that position? I mean, if she were so convinced. Why risk associating herself with someone so dangerous and unpredictable and cruel and, well, evil? I don't know. I never exactly got to ask her those questions. And now I never will. That's gotta hurt. I know. Not knowing for sure. I know how much that has to hurt, Kaz. But if she's right, then there could be an infinite number of worlds out there and an infinite number of views. And maybe one of them is bad. Maybe one isn't. Maybe none of them are. That doesn't change who you are here now, in this world. It doesn't change the choices that you make or the person that you are deep down. Someone who's trying their best. Are you receptive currently to having your labels shifted? No. 100%. 100%. (laughs) So that that is a seven. You have to choose one, though. You can clear a condition or mark potential by immediately acting to prove them wrong. You can shift a label up and a label down of your choice, or you can cancel their influence and take plus one forward against them. Now, if you're going with the self-loathing angle, I would say maybe shifting your own labels up and down would be the way to go, but it's up to you. No, I think that would make sense. I think I'm going to shift Freak up and Savior down. That's what I was going to suggest. That's perfect. Claire is going to say, let's talk about something else. Have you been sleeping? But as the camera pans around, we see that it is Bethel sitting on the couch. You know, um, yes and no. I, I don't have any problems falling asleep 
it's more finding when to take the time to do it than anything else, I guess. There's a lot going on. Only so many hours in the day. Is everything okay at home? Uh, home is weird. Home is just this never-ending walking on eggshells type of situation. I'd think it would be kind of a kind of a sanctuary away from all this. Your identity is secret. Isn't it somewhere where you can sort of put all this away for a little while? This is what I have to say is the closest equivalent, the closest thing that I have to something for myself. Uh, the Someone once asked me what I do for fun. And I don't have an answer for that because if I'm not doing this, which I can't talk about, everything else I'm doing has to do with my home. My family. So. No. We don't have to talk about it. But I take it things are complicated at home. And we're going to cut away to what looks like um, an interrogation room. It's like a metal table in the middle of it, cement block walls, a heavy door. And that door opens. On the other side of it is Commander Micah Masterson who is going to glare across the table at a woman who has fairly long brown hair. She's wearing a grayish uniform, uh, vaguely reminiscent of like prison uniform. And her hands are locked in these, in this heavy connected piece of technology, like handcuffs, but they pretty much engulf everything from her forearms down and link to each other. And you can see from like the beeps and the whirs and everything that it's actively doing something. Micah steps to one side after glaring meaningfully for a few seconds and lets you walk past him, Bethel. And he says loudly to both of you, five minutes. And he shuts the door. And Nina looks at you from across the table. Lyra goes and pulls out the chair across from her and sits down. She, like, holds her hands in front of her on top of the table. And then she kind of, like, in a nervous energy, she, like, flattens them again and then moves as if to clasp them again. And then she just drops them just flat into her lap. And she says... So from what I understand, mom thinks you're on a business trip. How long exactly is the plan to keep that lie going? I mean, I guess in a way, 
She lifts her hands up, demonstrating the device. I am away on a business trip. This is this is the real, the real deal for you, right? This is this is who you really are, and all that jazz. That, how this goes? <sighs> I'm not going to apologize for who I am or what it is I'm doing. Not when you don't even understand. Really, kind of hard to when you show up in this city again after God knows how long no prior attempts to contact not even the family to contact me specifically immediately doing the kinds of things that you know I'm working against you admitted it yourself read about me you knew coming back to the city would put us on opposite sides so why didn't you why did you even do it you don't care about the family. You don't care about me. I don't know why you're acting surprised. I don't care about them. I don't know why I would at this point. After the way that they treated me, the things they called me, they said to me, but that's, that's them. You are different. You are a different story. If you think I don't care about you, you really don't understand what it is that I'm doing here. It is for you. All of this is for you. What I'm doing was for you. You think I was going to keep this a secret from them forever? There was a point to this, you know. I was going to do something. Make a name. And then turn around and show them that it's fine what we've been doing. What they did was wrong. Nina, I'm not here to defend that. But I also can't defend you pretending that everything was fine and doing that to mom. But you are defending them. And she looks like she's about to say your name and then she stops herself and says, Hero, you are defending them because you know what? You know what it tells me? That you were trying to show the world that you weren't a monster, that you weren't a witch, that you weren't a freak by using your powers for good. Do you know what that tells me? That doesn't tell me you think they're wrong. That tells me you think they're right and you want to change their minds. So be my guest. Try to change their minds. And when they throw you out, I'll be here. Are you open to having your labels changed by Nina? Probably not, but I'm also, I don't think I can resist it at this point with how much shit I've got going on. I mean, you can reject. Your your conditions don't play into, uh, or actually, no, there is one that affects rejecting someone's influence. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Uh, insecure. You are insecure. Which I am, and I am currently insecure. <laughs> so you can roll 2d6 minus 2. To reject. Oh, hold on. What's my superior at? Speaking of terrible communication within our squad, man, we gotta open up to each other more. We gotta, we gotta do something about these conditions. We do. 
Uh, I will point out that I have cleared conditions for all of you bitches. None of you help me. (laughs) (laughs) You don't ask us for help. (laughs) Listen, Alex is doing fine. Alex has no conditions. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing great. All it took was, you know, me wanting to sacrifice myself nobly and then not being allowed to and being kind of traumatized about it. It's fine. No, I think Lyra's just exhausted and conflicted enough that she'll just accept it. Oh boy. All right, cool. I don't know if this is exactly Nina's intent. However, what is going to happen though is uh, she is going to raise your freak and lower your, I think lower your mundane. That just means I'm flat for three out of my five things. So, well, that just that just puts me at flat for everything. Seriously, seriously, like the next situation that we deal with, we're all going to unleash our powers at it, and it's going to go so badly. It's so true. <laughs> Listen, I will point out again: none of you asked me to help you, and I did it anyway. <laughs> I think there's one more thing that Lyra wants to say to Nina, and what she what it's going to be is because she's like, you know where to find me, and Lyra's going to be like, yeah. Nina, you're right. I will know where to find you. Right here. Where apparently you belong. And then she's going to stand up. As you stand up, Nina's going to lean forward, give you a sly little smile. She's going to say, maybe. I'm exactly where I want to be. And then the door is going to open and Micah is going to announce loudly, time's up. And we'll cut back to Claire Perkins' office. Again, um, we don't have to talk about it. I, I know your home life is um, not really on the table. Yeah, that's that's the problem, isn't it, though? Do you think I'm a hypocrite, Claire? Not off the top of my head. Can you expand on that? I know who Kaz is. Who his dad is. I've known Alex since the fourth grade and he has no idea. I went to school with his sister. I went to school with him. Little as we know about Danny. I know pretty much everything he does, as far as I can tell. And I'm the one that they voted in charge. And I really get the feeling sometimes it's not because they trust me. It's because nobody else wanted the job. And I can't say that I blame them for not trusting me. When again, they don't know. Nobody does. Except Leo, I guess, but... And even then, he doesn't know really anything. That's a lot to put on your own shoulders. And as we rotate, we see that Claire actually said that to Alex. Yeah. And the thing is, I... I chose this. You know, there's a lot of... A lot of folks at this school who didn't 
get their powers by choice. They're just trying to do the best they can with it. I decided that I wanted to be a superhero. Thing I can never honestly remember wanting to be. And now that I did it, am I not supposed to bear that kind of burden? Isn't that what heroes are supposed to do? I feel like no matter what I do, I can't win there. Either it was my responsibility and I couldn't live up to it. Or I'm supposed to just let it go. I'm supposed to accept that I can't save everybody. That sometimes choices have to be made. And what? My inability to accept that also makes me a bad hero. I just don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing here. I just, I had a, I don't know, ever since I found the first copy of the victory manual, had a script, you know, had a regimen, I had a trajectory in my head of how this was going to go and that kind of kept me kept me going kept me focused 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 on this thing like I'd never been able to focus on anything else in my life before but this I don't know what to do with this hero is just a word Kaz it only means what it means to you And I think Kaz just nods in that way you nod when you are not actually taking in anything that somebody is saying to you, but trying to make it seem like you are. And just says, yeah, I guess it is. I mean, what's the alternative, Kaz? You think this is in your blood? think that you have some sort of predisposition to being evil because of who your father is? I mean, isn't that kind of what, I don't know, 90% of people have been saying to me? And now I get confirmation that there is an evil version of me from another universe and have people being like, hey, if you know you're going to come do villainous activity with us, don't commit a genocide. Kind of makes you wonder about yourself and what you're capable of. And I I wonder that a lot. Everyone is capable of doing terrible things. Just like everyone is capable of doing great things. Bethel, you're not going to get it right 100% of the time. Being a leader is hard. Look, it doesn't need to be 100% of the time. It just 
at this point I'll just take once just one time when things go to plan and I don't have to feel like I failed anybody because someone got away who shouldn't have or someone was hurt who shouldn't have been or I've put these people who trust me in places where they are getting hurt. I was across the city. I was across the city and I didn't find anything that made it worth me not being there. At this point, my track record is so abysmal that it really, really is a wonder that I didn't get myself killed three years ago when I started all this. There's no shame in walking away. If it if it becomes too much, Alex, you don't have to do this. Not if you don't want to. But I do. Don't I? That was the point of all this, right? That was the point of this this obsession of mine. This stupid teenage obsession. This comic book pins on a cork board. I thought it was real. What was the point of devoting years of my life to finding this system, this this guy, this what was the point of all the the push-ups and the meditation and the and the kale egg smoothies if I wasn't gonna do good with it? Like yeah, I I know a lot of people think that I'm a glory hog, that I'm a fame chaser, star fucker. And yeah, I am. I like the attention. I like being told, Alex, you did a good job. I like that people like me. I like that people look up to me. I like being someone special. But that doesn't mean that that's all I want to be. And if I'm not a hero, then all that other stuff, then that's all I am. Cut away one last time. Back to the bunker. Before you fly out through the hole in the ceiling that you've never used before since you couldn't fly but you've seen Dr. Victory come and go through many many times as you start to lift off of the ground you hear him say Alex wait you look at him and he's not making eye contact with you he is staring very dutifully at the screen of the console pressing buttons and turning knobs and you can see that he's trying to do exactly what you told him to do before you left the last time 
He's trying to find the information that you wanted him to, that you told him to find about the Lotus Group. And without turning around, he says, You did a good job. Are you going to resist his influence? I uh, I am just because Alex is in such a weird headspace. Yeah, that's fair. So, right. Just flat 2d6, right? Flat 2d6. Flat 2d6, okay. Give it a whirl. Uh, that is a nine. You can resist the influence. Uh, you hold true to yourself, you tune them out, but you have to choose one. You can clear a condition or mark potential by immediately acting to prove them wrong, shift one label up and one label down your choice, or cancel their influence and take plus one forward against them. I will I will choose to shift my own labels. Right here in front of everybody? Yeah, I know. I think I will shift superior down and danger up. Are you saying anything in response or are you just taking off? I think he, he does pause. He pauses mid-flight and just sort of hovers there for a moment. As he resumes his flight out of the bunker and there is just the, the, the littlest twinkle of, of a little tear running out from underneath his goggle. And back in Clara Perkins' office, we see her, but we don't see who is sitting on the couch. We don't see who she's talking to. She says, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is a really, really, really hard life. And we do our best here to shield you from that for as long as we can. Because the world needs heroes. As long as there are people who can do the extraordinary things that you can do, it's important that they choose to do the right thing with them. But the truth is, you're going to make mistakes. There are going to be more times like this. You're going to lose people. You're going to mess up. It's not going to get easier. Maybe that's comforting. Maybe it's not. It's always going to feel this way. Every time it happens. And everybody has their own thoughts and opinions about it. Some people say that's part of it. That's how we remember. That's how we do better next time. But the fact of the matter is that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's exactly what it is. It's yesterday. So what are you going to do tomorrow? And I need you all to tell me. I need you all to tell me if you are going to grow closer to the team, grow into your own image of yourself, or grow away from the team. Lyra? So I think if Lyra feels really conflicted on like several levels because she had on top of this whole disaster and them still not knowing where Danny is and the lingering guilt that they were part of the reason why Burke is in a cocoon and just her general family and everything else. I think she 
especially after the conversation with Nina, she is clinging to this as tightly as she can. Because if she fails this, this little, this one little thing, then she's basically been wasting her time and Nina's right. And she cannot in this moment accept that her sister is right. And so Lyra is going to try to grow closer as a team. That's fine. Whether or not whether or not anyone lets her is a separate a separate issue, I think. <laughs> you have to give influence to a character. I think I want to give it to Alex, but I think Alex might already have it. Alex does have influence, but the thing that happens when you get double influence is you can immediately uh, shift their labels. So if you have influence over somebody and then you get influence over them, then you immediately get to tell them how you see them. You can shift one of their labels up, one of their labels down. And so if you're picking Alex, you can clear condition or mark potential. Your choice. And Alex... Oh god, I need to get rid of one of these conditions. Oh my god, please do. (laughs) Alex, how do you see... How do you see Bethel after this? Shift one up, shift one down. I am going to... Shift that freak back down one. And shift superior up one. I'm gonna clear angry. Very nice. Kaz... Growing closer to the team, growing into your own image of yourself, or growing away from the team? So I think the answer to that is going to depend on whether there is an opportunity for Kaz and Bethel to have a short conversation. Because I think right now it's split. Like, I think he desperately wants to be closer to the team. And I think he also is very much, you know, having been thoroughly chastised, would say he's more growing away from the team. But I feel like it is sort of 50-50. I'm going to say that at this point in time, the decision is going to be before you can mend fences. Then in that case, uh, growing away from the team. You have to take influence over you, away from another character. I think in that case... I'm going to take it away from Alex. Please mark that on your character sheet. And Alex, grow closer, grow into your own image of yourself, or grow away from the team. I think... I think Alex is going to be growing into his own image of himself. And if that's the case, then you you get to shift one of your labels up and one down as you further define the person that you see yourself becoming. Hmm. Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, in that case, I'm going to shift my mundane down one, and then my savior up one. Nice. All right. Those are the scores at the end of the round. <laughs> oh, boy. 
man, there's, there's a lot of label shifting this 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 session. Yeah. <laughs> those, those numbers going all over the place. That's what happens when you go to therapy? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> If you'd like to keep up with us and what we're up to, you can follow us on Twitter at Live from the Apoc, Instagram and TikTok at Live from the Apocalypse, or join our Discord community, which will be linked in the description down below. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, feel free to give us a good rating and follow us on your podcatcher of choice. Leave a review if you're so inclined, it really does help us out so much. The donation link to our First Nations Development Institute fundraising campaign can also be found in the description if you'd like to help support Indigenous communities. Join us for the live recordings of Academy H every other Sunday, or any of our many other ongoing live-streamed campaigns that happen throughout the week over at twitch.tv slash livefromtheapocalypse. For all this information and more, check out livefromtheapocalypse.com. As always, nothing we do would be possible without your support, and we appreciate you so much. Until next time. Academy H is edited by Will Malkus. With music and sound effects from Epidemic Sound. Character art by at Oxybella's Draws on Twitter and Instagram. two weeks since the events that went down at Delancey College? Pretty sure it was Delancey College, wasn't it? Let me look at my notes. That sounds Ju- right. Ju- Julia. Go Julia, <laughs> check your notes. I'm pretty confident that it's Delancey. Because I remember thinking to myself, that's the name of a actor then i was like john delancey i don't remember who that is or who he played but that's a name of an actor wait you don't you don't you don't know who john delancey played was he cute yes yes john delancey was cute all right okay cool i was that was my thought i was like i I feel like he was cute but i I didn't want to swear to it it's delancey it is delancey cool all right cool all right well we'll and scene um, <laughs>